to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed zero, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed locker room nudity, Nick Weiger. <laughs> and I'm self-proclaimed nice, juicy steak, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about Blue Lock, episodes three and four. And That's let right. me tell you, Blue Lock is great, Ooh. and it's only getting better. It's only getting better. I'm really enjoying Blue Lock. I will say, and we'll get to episode four, it is kind of getting into the the sports anime pacing that you'll feel of like, okay, they're gonna make an entire, they're gonna make one game into two episodes. Like, I kind of get it, and I get that that's how a you know, like, like I get that to keep to get people to keep reading the manga, especially in the early going. You kind of have to break it up that way, but it does kind of feel a little bit like, all right, this is taking its time. That's fine. That said, all good stuff. I'm enjoying myself as we're watching through Blue Lock episode three, Soccer Zero, and episode four, Premonition and Intuition. Wait, are you, are you mad about the show? I'm mad about the show. I was just saying one thing. Of Nick's course. pissed. The it first... sounds... What? Were you bored? I wasn't bored. I'm just saying it's getting into that sort of mythological... Are you not entertained? I'm entertained. It's got but... good jokes. The characters are fun. But, you know, it's the kind of thing of we're really taking our time getting through this one match where we're going to have the first half and the first half of the second half be one episode, and then we're going to have that be a cliffhanger for the next episode. I, but soccer, it, soccer, you can't, it's like playing, it's real-time games, effectively. Not exactly real-time. I mean, it's of course, no, but it's like, of course it's two episodes. I, I get that. I understand. I'm you saying, seem grumpy about it. I'm not grumpy. I like the show. Get off my back. <laughs> I love the show. I Soccer games good. are short. Show. Soccer games, yeah. Among, among sporting events, among team sport events that are televised, they're like they're like the shortest of them. Pretty two 45-minute halves, some some stoppage time. It's you know, it's not like committing to watching an NFL game. Barely uh, enough time to have three hot dogs. Oh my god. Yeah, if you're lucky. A hot dog. That sounds great. What a hot great dogs call. Are so so good. sounds so good. Love a hot dog. You know, when I'm when I'm sad, I'll go to IKEA and eat their like dollar forty nine veggie dog, and it's the closest I can get to being fully dystopian. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't even register as food. Yeah, yeah. It is such a strange item. It feels like you're eating furniture. It feels like you went into IKEA and you started yeah. eating furniture. I do like the other food there. Like I like the meatball plate. Sure, but I I go Again, specifically the for the veggie dog, and it is, it is it is rough going. It feels like human being. Please, please prepare your orifice for sustenance. <laughs> and there's like a like a like a, a police officer who yeah. gives me a hot dog, and then points a gun at me and says, "Consume the entire dog in front of me, or you will be in violation of sector five four four." At least you don't have to assemble it. Yeah. Oof. The the do uh, not do do not do not wipe off the mustard. Consume <laughs> the mustard. I actually I like I don't mind the hot the proper dogs the proper hot dogs at IKEA. 
mm-hmm. but if we're talking about a dollar fifty hot dog, give me that Costco and soda. Oh, hot baby, dog and soda special. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's the that's that's a king's meal that is now behind the paywall because you have to have a membership to to go get it now, which sucks. Yeah, that's what that's one change in recent years, which is fine. Hey, I'm 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 an executive member, so I'm happy to 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 you know I'm I'm happy for that to be more exclusive. But I do <laughs> more get dogs that. For me. Yeah. But it, it 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 is it was really nice when you didn't have to be a Costco member and you could just sneak up to that food court and get a dollar fifty lunch. Yeah, yeah. But we're not here to talk about hot dogs. We're here to talk about anime. <laughs> and before we get into Blue Lock, which I'm enjoying, I like Blue Lock. Blue Lock's great. He's so mad. I have to ask everyone what we've been weebin'. What have we been weebin'? Hi, it's me, Ash Ketchum, and I'm here to choose you, Matt Apodaca. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's... anytime. Yeah, that's 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 very nice. Thank you, Ash. Um, So I was... Uh, last week, I was saying that I had been reading All You Need Is Kill. And folks, I finished All You Need Is Kill. Wow. Not very long. It's only, it's only 17 chapters. It's two volumes. You can get through it pretty quick. Uh, but that's why I picked it. And I was very happy to get to the end. I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic manga. Really, really great stuff. Um, it made me um, want to revisit the um, loose film adaptation, Live, Die, Repeat, uh, mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which I loved when I saw it. Uh, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'll be rewatching that soon. Um, because... I love a time loop story. I love that. That's like a, that's a, that's a, such a fun, unique. I guess not unique. It's in a lot of different types of movies now, but I love a time loop. Give me a time loop, and I'm a hundred percent invested in the story. I I, I love it. Um, but I really loved the uh, the manga. I loved the the art style, which I feel like I haven't really touched on. It looked it just looked great. It, it, it like the battles were all really cool. Um, the way that the loop was like presented was great. The character would like write on his hand, um, like what loop he was on. And then it would also like tell yes. you like in a little text box this is the, you know, 153rd loop. And you're starting to get through loops quite, a, quite quickly uh, as well. But um, seeing the visual transformation of uh, the main character uh, from the beginning to the end, was really really great. He like, you know, he's like a scared soldier at the beginning, and at the end, he's like a day one veteran. Like he's like he has right. the posture of like somebody who's seen some shit. But everyone's like, this guy's like brand new. Why is he acting like this? Uh, it's great. It's I highly recommend it. It's it's so so great. And now that I'm done with that, I will be digging more into um, Spy Family uh, because I was really enjoying that as well. But because um, all you need is kill. All you need is kill was um, shorter. I just burned through that, and now I'll, now I'll be going and spending some time with my silly little family and spy family. To your point, and and I had this reaction when I was initially reading it, and I think I said it on the podcast. But the character being aged up so significantly to be played by Tom Cruise in the adaptation is the kind of thing where that arc. And also because you have all this baked in, un- like uh, uh, appreciation of or understanding of Tom Cruise being like this this unkillable action hero. Yeah, 
that it it like it works it works really well in the manga that it's like this kid, right? It's yes. like this fresh out of the academy recruit. And that that evolution just feels a lot more, you know, I don't know. It's it's there's a reason that so many protagonists in in anime and manga and video games are teenagers. There's a reason they 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 brought the kids into Avatar: The Way of Water. It's just like that formative age kind of works for seeing someone's growth into a, you know, fully functional whatever you know fully functional person i guess yeah and there's just like a lot of emotions at play there just like right. in general so it's a, it's a little more compelling because there's more to latch on to to uh like relate to like the different story points but that is a good point that yeah like seeing it as tom cruise is different than reading it because it's like it's like if shinji became gendo like yes. uh, like in terms of like being like stoic and stuff um but yeah tom cruise you see him, and you're sort of like, well, this is, this, he's going to be fine. Yeah. I, this is going to be okay. I think the Fucking most Tom frustrating Cruise. thing to me about those scenarios where you're like looping a day mm -hmm. would be that you can't build muscle mass. No, yeah. Like, good point. No matter how good he gets, the, the suit that he wears is going to be just as heavy on the 10,000th day he's doing it. Yes. as it is on the first day he's doing it. And I think that there's not a lot of accountability for that in the story. Like, he's, like, pulling off these moves that his body just wouldn't be able to do because he would be too weak to do it forever. The the hellish part of the loop to me that was specific to this time loop story, I think, was there's, like, a whole part of the story in one of the chapters where he's, like, I have to eat the same thing every goddamn day. Yes. And that, like in any other loop story, like Bill Murray could just go to another restaurant. Right. And like just have a different day or whatever. Andy Samberg could just like have a different food at any point. He, he's not trapped on a an army base where every single day he has to eat the same thing. So for however many years he's stuck in the loop, I think it was like three years or something, 160 loops. Yeah, that's about right. Um, I think. No. Is it but just days? But doesn't he, like, go yeah. to a pub? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. Wait, who are we talking about? Tom Cruise? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the guy in the manga. Oh, okay. I was like, Tom Cruise, like, just leaves and goes to a pub. So at some point, yeah. he was just like, I, I gotta get some regular food. <laughs> They're all singing Great Balls of Fire. Different movie. <laughs> Tom Cruise rocks. Uh, but that's what I've been weaving. Uh, Heather, how about you? I am trying to finish my Gundam Unicorn journey. And when I when I finish it, when I'm done with it, I'll move it on to the next Gundam show. Um, I mean, there's not really a lot else going on in my weebing weeb. Uh, I am waiting impatiently for the next perfect grade model kit to come out so that I can build another Gundam. I have a couple Gundam kits to build. Um... Mary and I are probably going to have a nerd-themed wedding cake topper. Ooh. Cute. Am I considering building a Gundam model kit to put on top of the wedding cake? Yes. You should. But, you should do that. But I, I think it would have to be, there's like a, there's like a girl Gundam, like a one with ponytails. Mm -hmm. And then there's also Gundam Ariel from The Witch from Mercury. And I, I think I'd have to build both of those kits. And put them on a cake? What 
What kind? Yes. It's what kind cake. of question is that? A big cake. Isn't that? Wouldn't that be a big cake? No, you could get little baby. You can get little tiny. Cake could be Look as big as you guy. want it. Cake doesn't have to be big. This, this is yeah. a little tiny little guy. I guess I'm, I'm holding up. I'm holding up a, a small Gundam model that used to be inside of my PC case, um, like standing in, in with all the components. And I think I could put this on top of a wedding cake. I was thinking a full scale one, like the big boys you got over your shoulder. No, this that is the size of my hand. Yeah, that one. Look. Yeah, that one could be a cake topper. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, you approved. should do it where the Gundam. Thank you, Nick. Where one Gundam is like pulling the other Gundam by the shirt collar and is like, oh, we're doing this wedding, okay? That's good. Can what, like, maybe one of them has a ball and chain Yeah. the other? It's like, oh boy. Yeah. I think you should do those two things. Sure. Okay. And then we'll see if we approve of it or not. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for whatever you end up deciding, Heather. And let me tell you this: I'm just excited to talk about what I've been weeping. Oh, uh, I've looked. I promise it'll be the last time I talk about Persona Five: The Animation. Here we go. Uh, it's I'm making my way through it. You know, I'm at, I'm at the point where I can't really talk about it in too much depth without spoiling the game itself because it is just the story of the game. I do feel like I have to shout out something that I don't think I've ever talked about on any previous Persona Five piece of podcasting. Uh, which is Ryuji has a shirt that he wears during a certain season. Uh, it's a T-shirt that says "No Mo Rules," which I think is just yeah. I mean, I just want to get that shirt—a shirt that says "No Mo Rules." Uh, just a great little uh, bit of bad piece of badassery. But I figured I'd talk about one on Persona Five territory. I went to the Kinokuniya Bookstore here in hey! Los Angeles. Nice. I got a couple of. I got a few issues of the Slam Dunk manga, which they have reissued in paperback because there was a Slam Dunk movie uh, that was fucking huge in Japan. It's like the 80 for Brady of Japan, just doing boffo box office over there. <laughs> you say that with a lot of confidence, considering the 80 for Brady hasn't come out as of this record, and we have no idea how it's going to be received here in the United States. It's going to be a fucking hit. Is it? Seniors are going to love it. <laughs> anyway, I got this art. Look at this Persona 5 art book I got. Look at this fucking thing. It's like a Prima strategy guide thickness. Beautiful. And this this thing is just so, uh, you know, look at it. It's just got all the different wow. character portraits for for all the dialogue sequences. Uh, just all the different expressions are just all broken down. Here's a bunch of Futaba, which I'm holding up for you now. Look at that Futaba. I'm I'm just it's I'm really scared beautiful. to even touch this thing because it's such it's such a beautiful book. Yeah. Uh, and then if you go back further, and it's and this is you know. Matt, you'll remember this boss, but here's concept art of this boss mm. that kind of gave us some trouble. I'm mad seeing him. <laughs> <laughs> but just to see it sketched out is really great. And it is a game where it's just like the art is such a highlight. Uh, here we go. Here's the, here's the character portraits for that fucking guy. Wow. You remember him. Like, look at how great that looks. It is. That looks fantastic. So, you know, it's all in, it's, it's minimal text. It is all in Japanese. Um, but you know, just looking through and looking at all these lady on portraits. Look at that. Ooh la la. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's just it's it's just a it just feels like it's a it's just really well done and really comprehensive. Uh um and uh hey, there's my boy Ryuji. Not wearing the no mo rules t shirt, but he's looking pretty cool. Those little little bear ears he's got there or yeah. something. Um I do want to say cool, Ryuji. <laughs> as Morgana might say. 
I um I just did a little research on something. Uh, 80 for Brady is currently out. And oh. according to this article, it is expecting to, it says here, outpace Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> $2 billion opening weekend. Wow. Also, I'm not a hoarder. I'm the opposite of a hoarder, as I've talked about. But like, there's this little, I don't know what to do with this thing. Because it's like this what little slipcover that was the bottom part of the book that is it's kind of like a you know and and it's just it just sort of says i think how many yen this retails for um uh-huh it's just like it this is in and of itself is gorgeous have you considered the garbage <laughs> i yeah i know i probably i normally would throw this thing straight in the garbage but it looks very cool it's got like cool why don't you put it, it back on the book i guess i could put it back on the book and everybody will see that and be like oh interesting that's an interesting amount of a yen, but the book has the the book has its own art on it that yeah includes. So I'll figure it out. You got a Bible or something? Uh yeah, I got a few Bibles. Okay, well you can just put it, put it on one of those. I uh, maybe I will. <laughs> All right, hey, that's uh that's what we've been weaving. Let's talk about Blue Lock. So Blue Lock, as we mentioned last time when we got into this, is adapted from the manga. Uh, it is a yeah, it's a it's but the studio is eight bit. And it is covering, you know, this weird sort of reality show-like scenario uh, slash Battle Royale-style scenario where a bunch of the of Japan's best young strikers, the attacking position on the soccer field, have been crammed into one facility to find out who is number one, who is going to be the world's greatest striker, who will emerge, and hopefully, ideally, uh, in this dystopian scenario, guide the Japanese national team to its first World Cup. So we are starting up off episode three, where basically what's happened is they have their they have a round they have a round robin tournament that they've been doing, and in the previous episode, uh, Monster, we got into. Uh, you know, th- that that Team Z was going to face Team X. And Team Z is the protagonist team. And can I just add real quick? I, I feel like I-, I should di- I should say this before we get into the nuts and bolts of this breakdown. Yes. If anyone isn't watching this because they're just sort of like, ah, I'll listen to the episodes, but I don't really like sports, you know, or I don't really follow soccer. None of us follow soccer. No. I don't think you need to watch soccer to be into this show. In I fact, just I learned that think... the games are short. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I kind of feel like it's if you watch soccer, you might nitpick how the games are played, which is a thing we touched on. Whereas, you know, it, it, not that it wouldn't be interesting to a sports fan, but I, I don't feel like you have any, you need any soccer knowledge into the to, to get into the show. If anything, it goes out of its way to explain how the game actually works. And it's yeah, compelling I, human drama. I... I think that if you if if the theme of sports is upsetting, then I guess don't watch it. But this is a sports anime in the way that it's 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 a fighting anime. That's what it mm. is. It's not sports. Like there's no like minutia about how I don't have any greater grasp upon viewing episode four of how soccer works. Like, it's just people running, which could be fighting, 
And then people doing stuff that's angry, which could be fighting. It's a fighting show. Yes, very much so. So with all that said, uh, we're starting off where we're getting into at this, this game between these two teams. So Team Zed is figuring out who's going to play at which position. Um, Isagi, who's the protagonist, is going to be the forward because they're playing uh, rock, paper, scissors, and uh, figuring out who's going to be doing what. And Ego is basically going to set, has set up how this is going to work. Uh, Ego, the, the, the big cheese, the guy who's in charge of the Blue Lock experiment. He is saying that there are five groups. Each one has five teams. The teams that win are going to advance. So it's kind of like the, the sort of round-robin tournament style that you might see in the World Cup, where it's like, here are all these different groups, and of each of those groups, the top two teams from that group will advance at the end of the, They're all going to play each other, and then the, the top two teams are going to, to move on. Mm -hmm. But also, the, the top scorers on a losing team are also going to individually advance. So there's both an incentive for your team to win primarily, but there's a secondary incentive for you personally to be selfish and score as many goals as possible. And that really affects how Team Zed plays in this first game. So basically, Team Zed determines they're going to, like, we're all going to we figure out our positions. Uh, Iemon is going to be the goalkeeper. He kind of, like, just sort of reluctantly. Or, you know, his basically thing is, like, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. And so he ends up being in goal. Uh, everyone is ill-equipped for their position except for striker because everyone just mostly plays uh, up upfield, plays the forward part of the field. I think that's called upfield, or is it downfield? Look. I don't fucking know. I know as much about soccer as freaking Ted Lasso, okay? <laughs> Look, all I know is that if a biscuit's got berry jam on it, it's going to go down smooth. <laughs> Thanks, coach. <laughs> okay, so we go into this game. And basically what's happening through during this game is that we're just seeing they're, they're sort of like, I, I don't know if they're, they're playing into Ego's hands, if this is what he wanted, or if they're all just like kind of selfishly misunderstanding the exercise. But whatever is happening, they are just like basically fucking up, right? It's just like clearly they're not going to win against Team Zed yes. with this strategy. Uh, and part of that is because Team Zed has just an absolute fucking alpha dog uh, named Barrow. Who is just like a, a, a just a badass dude who can basically score at will, and that's pretty much what happens as we're getting through this this particular match. He's so cool. Barrow is cool. He's he's, he's awesome. He's big and he's fast and he's got cool hair. What did he say? I'd love to have yeah. that hair. He's like he's the king. Something like that. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he basically is like I am the king. Uh, two nutmegs in a row at a certain point. And he did, which a nutmeg, you kick the ball between someone's legs. Yeah. And he just basically goes up and just scores. And he's just pile, he's just throwing in the goals for Team X. Meanwhile, Team Zed is like, ah, we should be able to, to you know, to, to, we should change up our positions. We should change up our strategies. They're just sort of bickering. They don't want to pass to each other because they all want to score. And uh, Team X is just basically like, well, fuck it. The, the, this isn't the way to play. We're going to back up our alpha dog, King Barrow, and let him fucking score, and we'll just win the game, and we'll advance that way. We don't have to worry about ourselves. We just have to worry about the team winning. So it ends up being, you know, they're down by one goal, and they're just like, okay, we'll just keep playing team ball. But very quickly, it gets completely out of hand. 
and just this game completely loses loses control. Uh, and they 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 just pouring in the goals. I think it's like five, five zero. zero. Yeah, five zero <laughs> by halftime. Yeah. Well, actually, there isn't even a halftime in this one because it's just a forty five minute game, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's five to zero. They're like, "Fuck, we're absolutely fucked." Uh, what? There, there's a thing we should talk about because the title is Soccer Zero. Wait, no, it's it's forty five. I th- I think there is a halftime. I think this one. I think this one is just a forty-five minute game, and oh. the next game is is has two halves. I think part gotcha. of this one is there's just forty-five minutes. I could be wrong. Gotcha. gotcha let me gotcha. wait. Let me look it up. In my... Yes, the first game is is just forty-five minutes uh, between Team X and Team Z. So okay. Uh, so they're fighting. They have this thing that we should talk about, which is the the idea, and this is a thing that comes from Ego of going from zero to one, which is where the episode's title comes from. Soccer Z- Soccer Zero. So based and also. My personal self-proclaimed. And Heather's, Heather's self-proclaimed. Heather Zero. <laughs> and Isagi is talking through all of this as this match is happening of like, how do we go from zero to one? He's trying to understand exactly what Ego meant when he said we should create football from zero. And he's realizing that Borrow, is, like what they're doing is, okay, Borrow is one. And so they have gone from zero to one. They are building around. All this is a little bit tortured, but I, I kind of get it. And I kind of like it. And I just like, I get, part of it could be just in, in the translation is what makes it feel a little bit clunky. Uh, but basically, like Isagi is the same sort of thing. Like, oh, is creating football from zero playing as one? Is it unifying around one person? Uh, whatever it is. They're all fucking exhausted. There's three minutes left. They got five goals. And they're like, you know what? Let's just score a goal. Let's just get on the board. Yeah. Let's get one of us in position to try to advance individually, even if we're going to absolutely get shit housed in this game. By the way, five to zero in a soccer match is just an unbelievable blowout for anyone who just, doesn't follow the sport. Just a you'd smothering. You'd be depressed. Yeah, you'd be depressed after that game. There's a there was a, a, a there was a national there was a a World Cup where Germany beat Brazil eight to zero in Brazil, and it was just it was like a national tragedy. It was just like there people were like like mourning and rioting and just like didn't know what to do with themselves. Germany like kind of apologized because they were like we weren't trying to win that like we weren't trying to pour it in. We just wanted everyone. We know how how painful this is. Uh, so you know it's 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 rough stuff. Can we talk about a, a, a th- an art detail here, yeah. which is that when they go into close ups in this show, we talked about the eyes a little bit. One thing I really like is the shading. Um, uh, which is they shade with with you know close vertical lines like you can actually see like the you know the 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 line art uh you know to to have like the the shade beneath someone's chin or beneath someone's nose or something like that it's just it's just very stylish i really mm-hmm. like it i just really I, and and it looks like manga in motion yeah doing it that way yeah it's really cool uh looks great all right so basically isagi is like okay we're we're going to try to make try to get one ball ahead uh, for someone to shoot, we're just gonna go through it. Borrow's like, "Fuck you, I'm the king," um, and they're trying to to figure it out. Isagi is dribbling towards him. He sees Borrow, and he's like, "Shit, what do I do? I got you know one guy in one wing, another guy in another wing," uh, and he's like, "Who do I pass it to?" One guy's more open, but Borrow's in front of him. Um, the other guy is is less open and further away, but he isn't obstructed by their best player, so he passes it to Kunigami, uh, and uh, they're bo- like, Isagi is like. Why did I do that? Like, he just doesn't quite even understand. It's just pure instinct. But he ends up passing to Kunigami. And Kunigami is able to to shoot this long ball and score. 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get on the board. Uh, they get one goal, and Team X wins five to one. Uh, the one dude is pissed. That 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 toe headed dude with the 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 sharp teeth. That guy's an asshole. What's he's, his name? That guy fucking sucks. He's an asshole, but he's so funny. Like... He's extremely funny. <laughs> he's so fucking mad. Why did you pass? Rachie, right? Rachie's yeah, the guy. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, he's one of my favorite characters. He's, a, he's a, he's a trope. Like he's yeah. a, he's a consistent type of character across anime. Like the uh, main rival in My Hero Academia to Deku is very much that character. Like, mm. like explosive, angry, constantly getting up in your face. Usually they have a really sensitive center. And that center is exposed in some future episode, and you're like, heart breaks. Because, like, you'll find out, like, you'll be like, somebody will finally be like, what's your fucking problem? And he'll be like, I didn't have parents. (laughs) I'd raise myself. I ate cans of beans. And my my little brother died, and I'm, I'm playing soccer for him. And if I lose... Then, then all this wasn't worth anything. And then he'll be crying. Then everybody else will be crying. That's my, that's my, my, my look into the future for Raichi. So, this is the point where I realize, like, how I mean, already, I, there's no way I'm lasting past day one in the, in Blue Lock. But no, but like, just, just these guys all bickering, all these fucking alpha males. Just being like, I should have gotten the ball. No, I should have gotten the ball. You should have passed to me, idiot. Like, like all it like it's just like, God, what a fucking horrible, toxic environment. Just every just a bunch of dudes who all think they're the best and are just mad at everyone else for doubting them. It's just like, Jesus Christ, this sucks. I would hate to be here. Uh, but that's what's going on afterwards. After the game, they've been humiliated, but you know, they got one goal on the board. And so Kuan, who is one of the voices of reason in this situation. Uh, he's the guy. He's one of the guys with longer hair, um, and uh, and narrow eyes. And he is just sort of talking through what's going on. He's like, okay, here, here's here's the situation. There are five teams, and we need a certain number of points to advance. Since we already have one L, if we lose again, that's basically it. Like it's a five team round robin. Two teams are going to progress. If we once we have two losses, because the way this works is you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss. So you know they need to get at least seven points, which means they get at least two wins and one draw in order to advance. Because if they get less than that, they're not going to have enough points to emerge as the top two. So they're basically in a situation where it's must win or draw from here on out. Um, also, this is at the point where we're just getting a lot of just gratuitous nudity, uh, yeah. which is nice. Nice to see in that, that you know so much anime fan service. It feels like is is all you know. It's 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 all the ladies. It's all targeted people attracted to women. But we got a little something for uh, people who like some fellas. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot a lot, a lot of, of shirtless hunks. A lot of shirtless hunks. A lot of what are those those like V the Brad Pitt like V muscle. Yeah, that's big. The uh, cum gutters people call them. Yeah, I was gonna you know I knew what it's called. It was... There's like like a lot of a lot of if you're a fan of exposed collarbones. And then the the eccentric dude, the eccentric cheery dude, just likes being in the buff. He just likes having his ass out, <laughs> likes having his hog out, doesn't give a shit. <laughs> They're like, come on, dude, stop streaking. He doesn't care. Oh man. Yeah. I I I'm all for it. 
good good for the show. It's great. Like get get those butts out there. <laughs> like everyone's show fucking what's jacked what. too. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's jacked. I just I just don't want to hear the language about the those those Come gutters trenches. <laughs> <laughs> so they're talking about so uh, there there's there's a there's a, so, some doubt of ego, and they're basically like, look, the best strikers he's talked about haven't even won the World Cup. Although Messi has since won the World Cup, I believe. I think Argentina won the last World Cup, so hmm. it's a little out of date. But he's basically like saying football from. <laughs> football football from zero is like it's meant to be some it's not it's not as as direct as we think it's a, it's some sort of clue and because we were all playing you know in this this clustered sort of we we're all chasing the ball we we're all out for ourselves that was actually we were zero we weren't a team uh but if you you know, turn into one unit, you can be one. And that's what Barrow did. That's why they kicked our ass. And then you can also evolve even further, uh, like a Pokemon, into, you know, other, into the higher decimal numbers. And so they basically are like, like, like a striker is, striker turns zero to one, and then you can multiply it and get even more powerful. And Ego, they think, added the top score rule to be like, like, hey, I just wanted like guide you towards this, but ultimately, all that did was expose our individual egos, and we played fi- for ourselves without thinking about tactics. Something that I was thinking about when I was watching mm-hmm. this, because they're talking, they're referring to ego, the man. Yes, and then they're also talking about the concept of having an ego. Mm-hmm. I think they should have given him a different name. It's just, they're just they're just they're saying the word too much. <laughs> What do you, what do you think, John Soccer? Well, I think we should play yeah, soccer. It sounds like that kind of where I was just sort of like, what are you, what are you even saying? I, I looked up the Japanese word for ego and it, for ego, and I believe it is. I, I speculate it might be ego, but it is ego. It is, it is so it does sound uh-huh. like his name. You're right. So it is ego. Ego and ego are the same. Uh, ego pronounced with the with that that sort of that the e sound is is kind of like a, an English long a uh for the e uh okay so ego's there yeah. he's like hey all right you made progress uh team v beat the shit out of team y eight zero like brazil like brazil getting shit housed by germany uh and then it's just like but you still haven't figured it out he's talking about how and this is the kind of thing where he's kind of like it's almost like uncomfortable i feel like to talk about because it's so like ensconced in japanese culture and he is kind of almost he's almost doing race science here like he's talking about Japanese from the Japanese from a cultural standpoint, but he is kind of very much saying like this is just how these people are, you know. It's 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 like an arm's length distance from phrenology practically. But he's basically saying the Japanese love roles and they love having you know being being told what to do. They love having tasks, and that's why Japanese soccer players are so good at being midfielders and defenders and goalies because they they have a specific role but being a striker is a little bit more me centric and it's a little bit more you know fucking it it, it it's a personal thing and it's about like improvising and not necessarily adhering to a prescribed role 
And again, he, you know, he's, he's using re- baseball as a reference and Japanese thrive at it for that re- some reason. Again, stuff that I'm like, whatever. It's it's a Japanese person's comment on Japan. It's just, I, I it's it's kind of tricky territory. Uh, so yeah. he's basically like, yeah, you, you can't just do it by, you can't just, just do your, your job. You have to like fucking figure it out on the fly and you have to, uh, his words are his, his word here is take up your weapon striker identify it clearly and he's basically like you're you're this is a war and you are going to use your weaponry be that dribble header free kick speed technique what have you you will use your ultimate weapon to uh, disrupt the enemy and destroy them and that's basically where this episode ends I I like the idea of the soccer team as a collection of superpowers. Mm-hmm. And I like that that is where we're headed in Blue Lock is like everybody's got like a fucking thing they can do. Yes. And then and they got to do it. It's it's where we're headed basically in the next episode cuz yeah. that's really what we run right into. By the way, there's a funny shot here where Ego is on the big screen and they're all watching him and we just see uh the one dude is just watching with his ass out. Uh, (laughs) i think this one was um of the ones we've watched so far my favorite yeah this is a good episode the so the the additional time the little sketch at the end after the credits the end credits is it's it's just like the the they're they're just saying what a day in the life is basically uh you know wakes up at seven um 9 a.m training and it's just uh, Isagi and Bachira just sort of broing out for the day. It's fun. It's cute. Mm. Gotta laugh. I like the the one dude who's uh who sleeps like in all a, a weird ass position. Like he sleeps like balanced on his toes. He's the guy who's from the monastery. He speaks with he's like balanced on his toes mm-hmm. and his and the top of his head. It's like he's doing downward facing dog, but he's just asleep. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's great. All right, so that brings us to episode four. Any other thoughts on episode three? Uh, no. Uh, I'm. It's it's episode three of Blue Lock where I'm like, okay, I'm in. Episode four of Blue Lock, I'm like, all right, I'm really in. And spoiler alert, I've seen five and six. By the end of six, I'm like, holy shit, I am in. I was in on episode one. I think just because I like the ending a lot. He's mad that he's watching it and he's saying this. No, I like the show. (laughs) This episode starts and we're we're basically just in their sleeping their sleeping facility where we're with Team Z again, the the lowest ranked team, the team of misfits, and they're just kind of going around and just everyone is saying what their skill is. And this is exactly what Heather was saying, what their weapon is rather. This is basically exactly what Heather was saying of just like we're all just kind of getting our superpowers. Uh, we're all kind of getting our special moves, so to speak. What are our signature things? The guys, like I'm, I'm, I'm being good at being physical. I'm all around. I'm an all arounder. Uh, I have a never give up attitude. I'm a, I'm, I do left footed shots. I do speed and technique. Mine is dribbling. They all have their own thing. Isagi has a tough time figuring out exactly what his is. He's just like, I don't know, my weapon? Huh? I don't fucking know. <laughs> just kind of sitting there trying to figure it out. Someone's like passing. I can't, I can't be passing. I'm a striker. I can't say passing is my ability. Mm. He doesn't know. Uh, and then the one dude, uh, Chigiri, uh, he was the quiet guy. He's just like very. He's just not telling. He's just like keeping it close to the vest. 
but then there is a guy who is called who, and I, I I like what he says. The uh, this is the blonde haired dude, the piece of shit, uh, who's funny. But he says his like he he says his is sexy soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is basically this whole debate, and then they're figuring out a strategy. We don't really, like, uh, his strategy is called Operation Next Up, It's Me 11. This is all coming from Kuan, who has kind of taken the the team captain's sort of role. Should we talk about the OP a little bit? I don't think we've played it yet on the show. Sure. I think it's pretty cool. Sure. All right, great. Let me Let me get this going here. It's not breaking any it's, new ground. It's, in fact, the first anime opening theme that I pressed up on. Wow. Ooh. Like, it just doesn't get my blood going the way that the, the actual show does. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it. Uh, I think the, you know, it, it, it definitely is not doing anything too fancy. Uh, but for me, the part was like, na 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 Like, when it, once it started to get to that point, I'm just like, okay, I'm on board. Just the energy change. Uh, anyway, yeah. a lot of great imagery of soccer balls flying all over the field and people sprinting as we get into Premonition and Intuition, which is episode four. Okay, here we go, here we go. So after the, after the opening, uh, we're, we're kind of like in some sort of, you know, practice situation. We're on the mm-hmm. field. And we quickly dissolve to... Isagi. And we haven't Isagi talked is, yeah. about their their outfits. Oh, we should talk about their outfits. Their outfits are very cool. They've got a common their outfits. Yeah. Their outfits are like if you've if you've read or seen Gantz, uh, they're like these body suits with what look to be like um, LED lines almost mm-hmm. all over their bodies that are that are like just dehumanizing body suits. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're skin tight. They're you know they're akin to the plug suits in and Eva. They are akin to uh, you know they they kind of look like the Tron. Yeah, the, like not not they're not costumes. They're your physical body in the Tron space, but that sort of thing with the, with the LED. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's what they're wear, wearing anytime they are playing or training, or if they are are at the meal facility as Asagi is after this this brief practice sequence. Uh, they are wearing like more of a uh, you know sort of a sweatsuit tracksuit sort of thing. So Kunigami comes up to Isagi. Isagi is thinking about what's what's happening. He's trying to figure out his weapon. And Kunigami's like, thank you for passing it to me, but, you know, why did you do that? Doesn't quite understand. Uh, Kunigami is talking about how, like, his soccer origin comes from being like, you know what, I didn't idolize superheroes. I didn't idolize, you know, I didn't idolize... Uh, 
robots. I didn't idolize, uh, you know, whatever, pirates. Uh, Pirate Kings is the other one I said. But what, who I idolized were real-life people who played soccer, strikers who scored goals. And that's what inspired him. Um, and uh, Kunigami has steak. And this is yeah. the thing where it's like, Isagi it has natto, uh, fermented soybeans, and it be- it's because you know again what, as we've established you what you eat is based off of your ranking on the on the soccer scoreboards the big boards individually, and Kunigami is like well you know what I get when you score a goal you get a point and then you can redeem that for whatever, uh, you can even leave blue lock if you get ten points, uh, and Kunigami is basically like look you helped me score the goal. So I'm going to share. You gave me the assist, so I'm going to share this steak with you. Yeah. Cuts the steak in half, which is nice. I like that Kunigami's not an asshole. He's like good, but he's like sweet. Yeah. He's a sweetie. Yep. I loved that. Uh, That's why I picked it as my self-proclaimed, because also the steak looked good. Steak's also in the the additional time at the end. We we revisit the steak. Yeah. It was, I, I love scenes where, dudes talk about their thoughts mm-hmm. and this was a great scene of dudes talking about their thoughts and being like well you gotta change your life or 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 it's gonna get get at your you gotta live yeah or else the living's gonna be done without you so you gotta live your life some of the some of the other gifts you can get here is if you redeem things you can get a massage one of them you can get a um uh, a better bed. One of them is get cell phone back, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels like that would be kind of like a Pyrrhic fort victory. You get your cell phone back, but then it would help remind you how isolated you were. You'd probably be too into social media as I was in the early part of quarantine, and that would kind of break your brain. Uh, anyway, so they get through this whole interaction. Um, he's basically like, you know, if I'd passed a Raichi... Baru was there, so I had to pass it to you. Uh, and uh, they're they're just bonding. They're just broing out. Well, and he so like, speaks to like what his power is, and it's like the thing that that other guy said, like your monster, right? Like, yes. Uh, he's like, I don't know why I passed it to you. You weren't as clear. You uh, on the field, there was a more clear shot to make, but it made more sense. I felt he's like, I felt like you could kick a a goal from further down. Uh, and I thought, it, I thought that was interesting. It wasn't thought, but it was, it was instinct. Yes. And so basically they were matched up against team. Y team team Z is matched up against team. Y uh, Kuan tells them that look, they lost their team. Y also lost their first game. Uh, so we're in the same situation. Whoever wins this one has a shot at surviving. Whoever loses this one is probably out of this, out of blue lock entirely. And so uh, Kuan is basically like, there's this, they've got this badass dude, uh, Hibiki Okawa, like his character design. He's got like a shock of blonde hair, uh, in the kind of a blonde faux hawk. And he's basically like, we, we just got to, we got to keep swapping out who our striker is. Cause their plan is they're just going to keep rotating their formation. Mm-hmm. They're like, like a few guys will be at the front. They've all got different abilities. And they hope that'll just kind of keep the defense on their toes. Uh, Iemon, who is the goalkeeper is going to switch there at the same time. And Chigiri is, is not going to switch. He's, he's going to stay there the whole time. Cause he's, he's in goal and Chigiri, same thing. He's also going to stay in defense the whole time. And so they're changing their plan to, uh, was it switch 
eight of eleven or something. So I, I forget exactly what it is. Switch nine, whatever the fuck the number is. Yeah. So Bachira is good at dribbling. He can get way the fuck uh, like upfield. And they basically, as they're going through this sequence, they keep trying all of their their different, you know, weapons, uh, their metaphorical weapons. They keep getting pretty further uh, ahead, but they just keep getting neutralized by the defense. And they reach a certain point where this defense is just kind of turtling up, you know, like in a fighting game. They're just blocking repeatedly, waiting for a shot to counterattack. And when they finally, they think that Kunigami has a, has a good shot, Team Y blocks it, and they have a counterattack. And uh, their badass guy, Hibiki Okawa, uh, is going the other way and gets a long ball from Nico. Nico is a, a, a guy who's got his eyes blocked by his hair. Uh, and uh, he goes ahead and scores. And he gets he gets him up one goal to zero. And they're at the point where they're like, well, shit. Now they can just, you know, firm up their defense even further. Yeah. They can just retreat back behind their fortress walls, and they are just going to be doing that uh, the whole time. So, you know, their defense is what they focused on. That's what Team Y's strategy has been, defense and then counterattack, and this put them in a position where they are up 1-0 and with look, seeming like an impregnable defense. Because, yeah, there's that mindset, right, like, that they sort of talk about a little bit, where, like, and this happens in any sort of scoring game, when you have the score, the confidence of having scored, right? Like, yes. you can sort of more reliably do it again, because you've done it already. Um, so that's a problem here uh, with this with with this defense. So, I mean, all this stuff is is good. I mean, it's 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 cool the way that their like, uh, like their strategy is backfiring. It's almost like they made it like they the the previous game they had no strategy, and then this mm -hmm. one they just overthought it. They're just like, oh, we have this completely novel thing, and we're all gonna just keep switching. We're gonna keep changing positions. We're all keep doing our own thing, and you know, the, we'll keep them on their toes. Meanwhile, the other team is a very simple strategy. It's like we're all gonna just play very good defense, and we have one really good striker. We're just gonna get him the ball and let him try to score uh, when he has a, an occasional opening. So this brings us to halftime. Uh, I love the the the. I gotta gotta remember this character's name. Is it Raichi? Who's who's the fucking? I think so. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Uh, Raichi has is just like freaking out because he was like, ah, it's all it's Raichi time as we're going into the halftime, and then they go to the they go to halftime, and he's just basically, god damn it, what, what's his line? Uh, Are you shitting me? Get the ball back, damn it! Because basically his entire shift where he was going to be the the lead striker, they wasted the whole time. The other team just basically had the ball was passing it between each other. Yeah, and and, and they're all just like, what the fuck are we supposed to do here? Um, the one quiet dude who hasn't shared his strategy, uh, the guy with the reddish hair, the pink hair, mm -hmm. he's like, look, the one dude has the Bachira and Kunigami are the two guys who have been at all effective. And we should basically try to let them just take the lead instead of sticking to this existing strategy. Because our other weapons haven't been working, but we got the one guy who can dribble, we got the one guy who's got the powerful foot and can do can shoot the long ball, so we can have those guys uh, who have shown some effectiveness against this defense try and uh, take the point. And Kuan is like, no, 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 we can't change it. We can't change the strategy now. We're we're kind of it's sunk cost fallacy. And they get back into the game, and there's basically like you know, 
they're basically like just kind of in the same spot. That said, they do get the ball to Gagamaru. Yeah. And Gagamaru, I like. First off, his character design is awesome. He's got yeah. this like, he's got like this white hair. Uh, this like you know, I, I, I uh, the and it, it's kind of pull. It's like that partial pullback. Mm-hmm. It's like a really cool look. And so yeah, like he, cool. he gets in his yeah he's he's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> show the show's really taking its time here, but we're getting yes. but I it, it's all good stuff. Uh, Gaga Gaga Gagamaru rather gets in a situation where Isagi is like, okay, I can get him a ball. Um, Isagi kicks him a long ball, but he's like, fuck, it, it just might be too far for him. Uh, but Gagumaru is so like fast and lengthy that he's able to do it, and he hits a header, it looks like, with his face? Like he yeah. face yeah. hits the ball? Yeah. <laughs> he face hits and then slides on his face. Slides on his face, so he has like a big red mark on his face. Uh, the keeper hits the ball, deflects it out of bounds, and they have a corner kick. Isagi has a premonition. The monster inside him is telling him that something bad is going to happen. And he's like, look, because Team Z is like going to be this play that's very aggressively. This is our best chance to score. There's a corner kick. Uh, you know, we have the ball in the enemy's, the enemy's side of the field, and we can do the set play to try to put it in the net. Uh, but then he's like, wait a minute. What the fuck is something's going on? And the Isagi sort of has this, this, this moment here where he's like, okay, I see exactly what's happening. We think Okawa is the problem. We think the striker is the problem. That's not th- that's not the issue. The issue is Nico, who's the shaggy-haired dude with the bangs, because he's the guy who his whole job is to disrupt the opponent's plays and then get the ball to Okawa. So they can neutralize Nico, they can stop that counterattack, and they might actually have a chance of piercing this defense. So basically, Team Zed overplays the corner kick, except for Isagi, and Isagi is able to get back on defense enough because of his premonition, and get the ball from Nico. Otherwise, you know, they would have gotten the ball going the other way and probably put it in the goal again. And then Isagi uh, gets the ball over, and this is kind of like a bang-bang thing, but he gets it over, he redirects it, uh, and uh, Nico has obstructed him, but Gagamaru is able to get to it and hits it into the goal. Yes. Uh, Gagamaru, again, fucks himself up, hits the post, uh, like crashes his body into the post and starts bleeding, uh, but is grateful for the pass. So Nico is like, "Aha! You got it! You figured it out! You knew it was me! You got it!" And if you if you hadn't done that, I would have count. We would have countered and had a, a a guaranteed win. And Isagi is like, "No, we're gonna shut you down. And we're gonna win." Um, and Nico says that you know uh, they get the same. We get the same eyes, which you can't see because they're blocked by his bangs, which I think is a joke, but it's also maybe just sort of a. At, at, at some sort of character insight. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, we can't win the game because it comes down to me controlling it or not. And that's basically it. They shut him down. They're going to, they're like, they're going to win this game, but it's not the end of the game. Although it's the end of the episode. We go to credits and there's some time left and it's not up at one, one, right? That's it's tied at the end. It's of tied. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I know that you were saying that they're splitting up these games into two episodes, but actually it seems like it's going to be into a third. <laughs> well, no, this is, yeah. this is all, this has all been one episode for this game. Yes, so far. that's true. Yeah. So I think they'll probably wrap this one up because the other one was, a, was a different game. Yeah. Um, I am so fucking hyped. Like I had to stop watching the show because I watched episodes five and six and I was like, Oh fuck. 
oh man. And then I was like, I have to stop because like my enthusiasm for the next two episodes is so off the charts. Yeah. That I, 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 I feel a little, um, I'm like, well, come on, 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 come on. Like, that's how I feel talking about episodes three and yeah. four. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I had to stop watching ahead because I was so fucking hype at the end of episode You're going to be no, like that- blowing into a Vuvuzela like next week when we record. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that- so when, when we record next week, then I'm going to watch the next episode. Yes. I'm going to be on track with you guys. The the feeling I had and why why I had the 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 preface up top is like it it it, it this one is a little bit you know does kind of take its time with it and I kind of felt that just trying to, to you know go through the recap mm-hmm. here it's just it's it's it, there's stuff happening but it's also kind of like really talking over each individual move I do like the last bit of dialogue here uh, between Nico uh, and uh, and Isagi. Where Nico is like, you know, you have the same eyes as me, and then his next line is, "But is you can't beat me. Um, I'm the one controlling this game." And then Asagi replies, "Just you wait, you bastard with bangs." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. I like when characters say something like that because not everything has to be so overwritten and clever. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, it's not that clever, but it's it's like no. a funny thing to say. Yeah, calling someone a bastard with blank with bangs. Yeah. Uh, the the post time additional time is just meal time, and uh, you know Is- Isagi's sick of his fucking uh, natto. Igarashi is sick of the pickled radishes he has. Uh, Chigiri gets stir fried veggies. Kunigami gets curry, which looks so fucking good. Makes me want anime curry. food is unreal. Curry. There's something about curry in particular. I know a lot of it's fucking Persona 5. Oh, I gotta look and see if this Persona 5 art book has any curry pictures in it. I'm sure it has somewhere. <laughs> uh, but it it looks really good. And then we get another, you know, um they're they're just always like uh they're just deciding what they're just haggling over who gets what and they're trying to trade up for the curry and then curry and then you know Kunigami's like, wait a minute, hold on. This guy's got veggies. I'll trade for the fucking veggies. And that's it. Cute little sketch. The show is great. It's a very entertaining show. I'm really liking it. It's great. I don't know how to get that enthusiasm across on this podcast, and I've sort of been rocking, racking, wrecking, racking my brain mm-hmm. uh, while we're we're talking on these recaps to try and like um convey the energy and the and the. And the slow build towards a goal, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how to do it. And hopefully, there are enough plot things that happen in the next two episodes that we can be as hype on voice as the episodes are in their presence. But hey, maybe you out there know how to hype this show. Maybe you have some thoughts on it. If you did, we're gonna get to them now. It's time for chain reactions. Blue talk. Wow. That's Nick. You didn't clear that with us before, and you didn't have to. That was perfect. Thought I'd spring it on you. Blue lock. Blue talk. Blue talk. Blue talk. Talk about a perfect striker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Here we go. Uh, This one's from our email. This is from uh, Jason Ridenour. 
Uh, and they write, hey, folks, so I started Blue Lock right after the Junji Ito app, and now here I sit, all cut up and jonesing for the next episode. Like a lot of sports-centric media, the story relies on typical themes of camaraderie, friendship, competition, etc., all through the male gaze. But there is also an undercurrent of something more. I know nothing of the story other than what I've watched in the anime, no outside research or looking for spoilers. But I feel like the instances of misogyny, i.e. disparaging feminine male characters and appearing to positively highlight stereotypical macho qualities and such, are being played off as straw men. Not knowing enough of, about Japanese culture, I can't tell if these hints are related to something innately Japanese or if the author is intentionally overplaying flaws in the stereotypically masculine POV of, in order to criticize it. Thoughts? I can't tell either yet what comment it's making. Maybe that's more clear in the manga. Maybe that'll be more clear as the series progresses. But yeah, there's certainly characters who are presented, you know, it's, it's largely male characters, obviously all male characters within uh, the soccer facility. And sometimes like a feminine character is presented, like a more feminine male character is yeah. presented in a certain way. But I can't tell if it's like, it doesn't feel like it's it's saying anything negative about femininity in a, in, so. a, in a male character. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't read. I mean, I just think it's cool that there's a bunch of fucking different types of dudes. Yes, they're not all the same sort of like generic. Like, like it's not like guy. they're beating the shit out of anybody. It's just like I, 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 at the risk of, I feel like it's pretty progressive. Does that make sense? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't. That didn't. I didn't encounter that when watching it. But like, then it's also like the male experience is like my default. So I maybe am like not the first person to clock something like that well, necessarily. Well, like, like, okay, just yeah. just for the sake of argument, compare and contrast this to G.I. Joe, right? Oh, very different. You, you know, like it's like the inclusion of these characters, even if they're fucking, you know, uh, like teased by other dudes. Mm-hmm doesn't make them any less effective on the soccer field. Yes. And so, like, that's kind of an, a, a different form of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm all in favor of a world where we wake up tomorrow and everybody is just, like, accepted. Yes. Um, Please. But I think the journey to get to that place is on-screen representation of different types uh, without, like, those people dying. Yes. I'm sure... There are some issues here that are specific to Japanese culture yeah, that yeah, I'm just sure. not attuned to, but I will say to Heather's point, it does feel like since the the goal of the blue like the goal of the blue lock exercise is to find the best striker, it's just like effectiveness regardless of any other attribute. So some of the you know, it 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 feels like a lot of those a lot of those those differentiators in terms of characters in terms of the different characters, don't seem to have an impact on the soccer field, which is where it really matters in this narrative. I don't know, but I get that's a good, great, great question. We'll, 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 we'll track it as the series progresses. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Um, thank you, Jason. This the next, These next few are from our Patreon uh, listeners. Uh, this one's from Luke Ewert, uh, and they write, Blue Lock has some of the most fucking terrifying anime faces I've ever seen. Truly what a nightmare, <laughs> truly what nightmares are made of. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> yeah, those, those, they're those close-ups of just like strain and stress yes. of, of, of people in, you know, dismay on the soccer field or just like of like exerting themselves so fucking hard to try to win this life or death match. And I really like how when they go into close-up, that's just like, I've talked about it, but the line work where they're just, the shading goes, the shading is just individual lines 
Um, you can see it with that much detail. Yeah. I can't imagine running for as long as a soccer player runs at any point in my life. Yeah. And one of the scariest parts of Blue Lock is that when they're on the field, it's just running around. So much running. <laughs> and so I'm more aware of it because it's animated. And I'm like, somebody had to draw all this running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, no. If that's... drawing the running seems exhausting, imagine the actual running. That's the nightmare. Yeah, no, yuck. I, if I ever had to run that long, fucking put one right in the back of the head. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, This one's from Chubbs. What's up, Chubbs? Oh, it's a recommendation for me. I think Matt would really dig the Assassination Classroom manga. That's currently my before-bed Shonen Jump read. Well, thank you for the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I... uh. I, I, that's the that's the my app of choice, uh, and uh, I, I'm really digging that app. Uh, so I'll, I'll add it. I'll add it to my favorites. Um, yes, Matt is the one getting curated reading selections from <laughs> listeners. Interesting. <laughs> yes, uh, I I deleted the other ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one's from uh, Dahlia. Never watched a sports anime before, but I'm on episode ten of this, and it's super hype. I think. Turning into a selfish asshole is really fascinating journey for a shonen protagonist to take. Also, Matt would be great on Survivor. These look, I'm not in control of what mm. people are saying. Maybe but, have a hand in picking what. But yeah, you're in control of but. choosing. Well, here's the thing: there's not that many, and I'm reading all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all! I love Matt. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Brian Ferrara. Hey all, which iPad app are you using to read manga? Thanks. I uh, yes, I was I read the I use the Shonen Jump app, but then there's another app, the Viz Media app that is the same, it's basically the same thing. You pay for one login and you can do both, but the Viz Media app, you can purchase other manga that aren't available uh as part of the free package. Yeah, I usually use Viz for that reason. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, you can just get stuff and read stuff on books. Yeah. Yeah, you could read stuff on books. Yeah, throw on the Apple Books. There. Yeah, books. Uh, yeah, books. Books. Yeah, I I would imagine that if that's something that you, you you know you feel like you need to do, probably pretty easy to find a PDF of anything you would like to read. I would say, I I think like a, a, of the two, you know, whatever it doesn't doesn't fucking matter. I guess get Viz because you have the option of looking at more stuff. But yeah, two ninety nine for. Our, a subscription monthly. Yeah, not so bad. Isn't it now? Oh, it is. Two, they raised it to two. They raised it to two ninety nine. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. My wallet's hurting. <laughs> um, this one's from T Mac. This show has been highly recommended to me by a few friends, so excited to watch it along with my parasocial friends. On a side note, I just recently started Ted Lasso too, and it's so funny to be basically watching these shows side by side. LOL. Well, one of them is more faithful to soccer. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a football. Like the the it, the you can almost imagine that Blue Lock is a system set up to defeat Ted Lasso because <laughs> like it's like he must he, be stopped. He's like ah oh, you know it's all yeah it's all it's all about team you know but yeah. uh, it's like a it's like a orange juice and a cup of coffee and and the two things don't go together but if they're at the same breakfast you sure do love them that's not bad that's not that's bad that's not bad that fucking improvised good. pretty good extemporaneous yeah. Ted Lasso so so like that versus ego being like kill your teammates <laughs> right kill them with your foot ruin their lives depress them that's the only way to win soccer it's pretty good. Ted, Ted Lasso and Blue Lock. Well, now you're just gonna have to kill me because I will not <laughs> kill any of my teammates. Uh, and finally, this one's from Andrew Ingram. 
I played soccer growing up. We had a nice British coach who knew we were pretty bad, but he also called us diamonds in the rough. We could see it come up in this very similar context. That's sweet. That is sweet. That is nice. I wish, yeah, my coaches would say something like that instead of, oh, you're going to get your ass kicked when you get home. You know, he's usually a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, yes, that that's a that's a that's a that's a, a, a I like that you ca- that that crystallized memory was kind of recalled by this episode. I kind of wish I or these episodes actually like stuck with soccer because I feel like that was the first sport I played. Uh huh. And if I would have stuck with that, I wouldn't be a piece of shit now. Probably <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this guy ran his whole life. It's a lot of cardio. Yeah, it'd be pretty nice. My most a ac- soccer man acute memory of playing soccer when I was a kid mm-hmm. is wearing track pants to to play soccer and a bee flying into my track pants and stinging me oh no <laughs> it's painful it was the worst Oof. i got kicked in the, i can't remember if i've talked about this in the podcast before but i got kicked in the stomach with a soccer ball mm-hmm. fucking hurt like shit that's one of my biggest memories of playing soccer as a kid yeah you can get winded really easily as a child because your torso is so much of your body because you're small yeah i was like seven or eight i got a i got a full force soccer ball right in the stomach yeah and then like you know, just immediately immediately fell over and couldn't breathe and started crying. Yeah, he probably deserved it. Um, <laughs> what what Nick's not telling us is he was kicking the ball against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it for your chain for your chain reactions. Blue talk. Thank you guys so much for sending those in, uh, and send them in for uh, episodes three and four next week, and we'll read them on the show. Wow, great reactions. Excited to hear what everyone else says as we. Continue this journey through Blue Lock. And I think we all got animated this week. What do you mean I got animated? You got animated. You piece of shit. You don't know me. I ate canned food and my brother's dead. 